Howdy there, lady. You're tuned into Wine and Gine, a lively woman's health podcast hosted by two licensed midwives, Kelly Pappas and Tiffany Alblinger. We're dragging every sister, mom, and best friend on our mission to make chatting about the female body and everything that comes along with it a normal and amusing thing. Grab a glass of wine with us while we flex our vagina expertise and dish on women's health topics each episode. Remember, you too can be a vagina expert because you have one. Okay, welcome back to Wine and Guide. This is episode four of our podcast, um, and it's a good one for you guys. So um, I'm Kelly. And I'm Tiffany. And we um, are just a couple of midwives from San Diego who started this podcast and are excited to get some fun women's health, uh, lady stuff, information into your ears. That's right. Welcome to Wine and Gine. What is today's episode about? Something really boring. Oh, man. I know. I wanted to do something like exciting and interesting, um, but today we're just going to talk about orgasms. Oh. <laughs> so sad. I'm pretty sure I'm just going to cue up like the um, outro music and just end it here because I All don't right. think... I don't think anybody's going to want to listen. No, probably not. We'll see you in episode five. Okay, bye. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> okay, psych. Uh, we know that you guys probably want to talk about this. We know we like talking about it. It's yeah. um, a wonderful part of human sexuality. And so uh, we're hoping to get some good information to you guys about what orgasms are, what encourages them, um, and just like some interesting tidbits behind why they happen. All that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. Um, so this might be a bit of a sensitive topic, not uh, in more ways than one, I suppose. Um, but we're hoping to cover it like in a way that uh, you leave just being like empowered by your own body and excited about like, you know, what it can do. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It can do wonderful things. I think it's important too to mention that like... It is totally possible for an adult woman who has had plenty of sexual experiences to have never had an orgasm. Correct. I mean, Absolutely. the spectrum of how we experience pleasure and how we participate in sex is just all over the place. A hundred percent. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that can look very different to different people, for sure. And for some people, it's like a very easy thing and for other people it's much harder for a multitude of reasons right um and so in um episode two we talked about sort of exploring your body understanding sort of the major landmarks of your um genitalia and we kind of touched on a lot of things about uh relationship with your body Mm -hmm. and um, like the sexual taboos and all kinds of things um, that can kind of get in the way of your relationship with your body and therefore your sexual life. Um, and all of those same things apply to understanding uh, your body as it relates to pleasure and to orgasm. 
Um, so your own body confidence, your self-esteem, mm-hmm. things like that, your, mm-hmm. your past, your previous sexual experiences, any trauma, anything, um, that just was, uh, experienced as negative or demeaning or embarrassing, um, that can play a huge part in your experience of pleasure moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Also like sometimes I feel like even in our like very committed monogamous relationships, we can have um, really great aspects of the relationship and not necessarily have really fulfilling sex lives. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of women who, you know, they love everything about their husbands, but they just are not able to find that chemistry Mm -hmm. in the bedroom all of the time. Mm -hmm. And like, that's, that's, that can play into it too, because if you're not used to, it being a positive experience makes it even harder to tr- troubleshoot that and oh, for sure. create, you know, more positive experiences. Yeah. And one of the big parts about, uh, sex in terms of like the climax in orgasm is being able to kind of like surrender and let yourself go. Right. And there's a host of reasons that you might struggle in that particular area. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know that I've spoken with clients who feel like they can kind of get to just about that point and sort of shut it down because they're not quite comfortable with themselves or with, you know, uh, something that has happened or a host of different reasons uh, to really allow themselves to continue on. So there definitely are, um, you know, a host of ways that you can work through those things, whether you do need to work with your partner through counseling or your own counseling or like certain body work, pelvic floor therapy, all kinds of different options for you. But we can uh, jump into that a little bit later. Yeah. I think we're prefacing all of the information we're about to cover with that um, statement because we're going to make orgasms seem pretty simplistic. Yeah. <laughs> and like this, everybody just have them. Right? And in this short yeah. podcast, and we're just yeah. acknowledging that like that's not the case for everybody. That Absolutely. hasn't always been the case, you know, for ourselves and our own mm-hmm. bodies at yeah. whatever, you know, stages of um, sexual activity that we've, that we've been in. But we're here to cover just the basics yes. of the orgasm, which is pretty universal for most women. Yes. And that's why we're talking about it. Yes. So there's kind of like some stages that happen in the midst of, uh, you know, sexual arousal as you get closer to uh, climax and orgasm, all that good stuff. Um, so, ex- so in terms of like the scientific terms of these different stages, the first one is excitement, mm. right? So of oh. course it is. That makes total sense, right? <laughs> it's just that state of arousal where like all the blood flow is going to your vagina, um, your heart rate is starting to get higher. Your if if someone were to come to take your blood pressure, it would be higher. I hope nobody's taking your blood pressure. <laughs> well, that's a whole different podcast subject, I suppose. Um, but it's basically like that feeling that you get when you're like flushed. Yeah. Like you're just like, whoa, I feel it all over, right? You're just, you're getting excited. You're getting hot. Yes. Um, and then we're going from there to something called the plateau, which sounds like boring, but it's actually like this next level of like, oh, oh, okay. This is where it's leading. We're like, we're in a good spot. We're like, have that sexual tension that's mm-hmm. sort of building and building. We're not backing um, down from the plateau. Yes. We are like in it to win it at that <laughs> point. Um, and that's when things actually start to engorge. And I think it's interesting like to note that, um, your vagina does engorge, your clitoris expands, all of those things that you kind of assume like, 
it's just the men who expand, mm-hmm. you know, right? Yeah. Like, but what causes that that genital engorgement? I'm glad that you asked. <laughs> uh, blood flow. Yeah. 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 Which makes a lot of sense, right? So with all of that, like, excitement, with all of, like, the stimulation, mm-hmm. lots of blood flow heading to that mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, what is increasing all of the sensitivity and um, the excitement. Yeah. So the engorgement actually, like, kind of brings the protective mechanisms mm-hmm. of the genitals out into the area that can get more friction. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, just like in our uh, second episode about, you know, kind of landmarks of your body, we're talking about finding, you know, the clitoral hood and all of that. And, you know, when things do start getting hot and heavy, your body's like, oh, let me just open mm-hmm. like a little flower so that I can, you know, get, get everything I can <laughs> from this whole situation, <laughs> right? Um, so as that plateau builds, um, you basically are getting to this place where you're just about to orgasm and orgasm really is about, uh, like your body wants that continuous repetition, um, of whatever it is that's ending, that's getting you excited towards the end of that plateau. Yes. So whatever that activity may be, um, usually that's when the words like, Oh, don't stop doing that or yes. keep going. Or I whatever. like Continues. that. Yes. That is good. Yes. And the repetition of that brings you to a place of orgasm. Yes. So what is an orgasm? An orgasm is a, a series of rhythmic contractions mm-hmm. that occur in the uterus. And um, all down through the reproduction. And so that can get stimulated at the clitoris or it can get stimulated at what is known as the G-spot inside of the vagina. Mm -hmm. And it just is that stimulation Mm -hmm. that causes that. um, Yeah. It's like a throbbing, really. Right? Yes. Yeah. For sure. Um, And I think it's important. Like, it's all of those muscles that are working to contract. So... Uh, if you're pregnant, we talk sometimes about um, orgasm, encouraging, you know, like have good sex with your partner and get that like good stuff flowing. And what that does is, right, it's like, you know, engaging your uterus to be like, whoa, like, hey, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's all those different muscles that are all engaged. It's not just one spot. And I think that's important to realize that it's, again, it's like a whole body experience, all those reproductive organs are liking what they're experiencing at that point. Um, and so you're at that point, you're just like, I'm super stoked. This is really awesome. <laughs> I'm feeling really good. Right. You reach that like moment. Um, this is what you're thinking. You're like, <laughs> I'm so stoked. I didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> but it did. I'm so glad I, I agreed so to this. <laughs> I'm so glad he asked me five times wow. that I didn't do the laundry instead of this. Yeah. Right? Yes, for sure. Yeah. I didn't think this was going to happen. So yeah. You're so proud of yourself, right? <laughs> that was good of me to allow that. <laughs> to allow that to happen to myself. That's nice. That's really good. Um, and so from there, then you go into something called resolution where you're just like your body is trying to figure out how to find its 
you know, it's a homeostasis after that. And, um, so that's when like your heart rate starts to go down, blood pressure goes down, all that, you know, all that normal stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, unless there is, uh, there's definitely certain cases where you can continue to get back into that plateau, back to orgasm, uh, potentially multiple times. Yeah. But if you don't or can't or whatever, that is also not abnormal. It's just... A thing. It's a it's a possibility of our yes. bodies. Yeah, right? and it's an incredible thing. It is so good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that again, it's important to talk about normalcy, and so obviously, not every sexual interaction is going to end in orgasm. Right. Right. For either person. Right. Um. Usually for women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're still doing my work. I think we are. I think that's because we Which are doing work. Thing. And I think that men are easily easier to stimulate in general. Yes. And I think that they just tend to have more of a sex drive in general. Yes. And so that's why they're easier to arouse. For sure. And uh, from our perspective, it seems as moms, there's just a host of things working against our ability to get aroused. Mm-hmm. Um, but that can be for people who aren't moms or for people who have grown kids, you know, hormone fluctuations or just general stress or not getting enough sleep mm-hmm. or you're like thinking about things at work. You're, um, you know, you have other things you need to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're just, you're ready to go to sleep. You're, yeah. you're you had a fight with your partner before, mm-hmm. and you're like, I don't want to give that Makeup part of myself. Makeup yeah. is not a part <laughs> right. of this fight. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you want it to be, but uh-uh. Um, not this time. Yeah, there's a whole, obviously, like, a whole list of reasons that mm. you, you might not be able to get to that place. And um, I think it's important to not necessarily feel, like, guilt about that yeah. either. Because hopefully your partner is somebody who wants to provide that Mm -hmm. for you. Right. And if they are not, that's a whole different conversation. Right. Um, but if your partner is willing and you are willing, but you're not able to get to that place, it's not about, um, your partner's lack of ability to get you to that place or whatever. There's usually a, you know, a myriad of reasons behind that. Yeah, I mean, I read something recently that said it can take sometimes up to 40 minutes mm-hmm. for a woman to get completely aroused. Yeah. And that is likely with that repetitive motion. Yeah. And, you know, like, it's going to get carpal tunnel. <laughs> I don't have 40 minutes. Yeah, for you sure. Know? For like, sure. That's a, that's a really, you know, so... um that you know, that's a barrier to, yeah, to absolutely. having and an I, orgasm is time. I just think, time. I think a lot of that goes back to like the idea of uh sex begins before sex begins. Yes. Right? Like uh this level of getting excited and preparing and all of that you like usually begins before you're in on the bed or yeah, wherever you are. Yeah. Give um, some examples of that. Like what are ways that we engage in like um foreplay without touching? Yeah, I mean, even just like sitting having a glass of wine with my husband talking about our day, mm-hmm. like emotional connection of some kind 
is my idea of like, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's so sexy. <laughs> yeah. I like, I want to, you know, it's usually on the days where we're like completely, you know, off on different tracks or whatever that I'm like, no, I don't, I don't really feel connected with you. Yeah. And so therefore like, it's harder for me to want to connect physically. Sure. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, you just kind of have to figure out what it is in your, in your relationship that can help facilitate that yeah. so that you're not spending, I mean, spending 40 minutes sounds, I mean, that'd be wonderful. I used to have sex not, for that long. <laughs> right. <laughs> Until you were like, I need to go to sleep or my kids are just watching a show. Like, we got to make this happen in the next 15 minutes. minutes. Yeah, if that, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting as I was doing like a little bit of research for this that um, women have about three times the amount of nerve endings um, in our clitor clitori. Our clitorises. Our clitorises. Clitorises. Uh, than the average penis. Average which we were like penis. <laughs> No man is going to say that they have the yeah. average penis. I don't have an average penis. <laughs> no way. That's not average. Yeah, that's for other dudes. Mine is <laughs> high above that, clearly. Um, but I think that's interesting because the drive in, you know, uh, metaphor, or not metaphor, but uh, statistically or whatever, that the drive in men is usually higher. But our ability to have uh, like or pleasure yeah, is yeah. actually higher. Yeah. So there's this, like, you know, obviously, I, I think that comes back to this, like, mental, emotional part. Absolutely. Things. Absolutely. We're just, we're harder to to get to that place than men. Yeah, know? because I think it's, a, like you said, I think it's multifactorial. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I hear my husband say all the time, like, well, this is the, this physical connection we have. This is the way that I feel loved. Yes. And I'm like, that sounds so nice that it's that simple for you. Yeah, right. Totally. This, it's the simplest thing that I don't want to do all the time. <laughs> it's just not right. But I think for us as women, like, we have to check all of these boxes, mm-hmm. not mentally, but, like, physically and emotionally to get to that place. Yes. So, you know, you talked a little bit about um, fostering that emotional connection at the end of the day and, um, you know, being able to, to connect in other ways besides just physically, but what, what are some other ways that couples can, um, have intimacy that does contribute positively to their sex life, but doesn't always revolve Mm -hmm. around sex? Yeah. I mean, I think you do have to get a little creative and you have to be very verbal, about your intentions with it. Yeah. Because a lot of times things that might be physical, the expectation sometimes is like this, this could lead somewhere. Yeah. So in your head, you're like, I don't really want to cuddle with you tonight because I don't really want to have sex tonight. So I'm just going to go to sleep. And, and you lose this opportunity to be super connected to your partner because you're thinking the few steps ahead that they most likely are thinking the same thing. Um, but one of the suggestions that I have heard that I like, really connected with was uh, these sort of like cut, like safe cuddle experiences or nights mm-hmm. or something uh, where, you know, a couple can say like, this isn't going to, you know, usually it's the woman, right? But like is saying, this isn't going to lead to anything, but like, I just want to like physically connect with you. I just yeah. want to like touch you like 
rub your leg, play with your hair, do whatever. And eventually, like that might certainly happily lead somewhere, but the expectation is not there that it might yeah. or that it will, you know? Yeah. I think that that's a beautiful thing. That's that like brings, a really healthy yeah. place for everybody to get their needs met and mm-hmm. have clear communication. Right. Yeah. And certainly, again, it can lead wherever it's going to lead. Yeah. But the expectation is not that it will. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Do you have any other thoughts on that one? Well, it sort of leads down like a rabbit hole of like fostering intimacy. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking of another strategy where um, the couple takes turns initiating sex. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes there's opportunities to be physically intimate and one of the people in the relationship doesn't want to be the one who's asking all the time because getting turned down oh, totally. feels bad or being For the sure. one turning down feels bad. And so this strategy involves um, taking turns. Yeah. So like you've got Monday, Wednesday, Friday mm-hmm. and your hubby's got Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday and, and Sunday's just a free-for-all. You know, who knows what's going to happen on Sunday? We're going to uh, flip a coin. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, no, I, really, I like that, though. Yeah, and so smart. everybody has to take turns. So if you want to have sex, you can initiate sex on yeah. your days. And that way nobody's getting, you know pressure to have sex when they don't want to mm-hmm. and they're not there's not one person who's initiating all the time yeah except of course you know as I'm saying that I can imagine how that could get screwed up but I think the important yeah. thing is that it um creates communication around this issue for sure which I think is one of the most important things in making a healthy sex life is just talking about it yeah absolutely I mean how would somebody handle um like what like let's talk about the the idea of like the fake orgasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or not getting your needs met but not necessarily talking about it with right. your partner. Yeah. I mean that is just a communication issue. It right? totally comes down to I think that probably the heart underneath it is is good. Like yeah. the faking part. Like I want you to believe that you are doing something really wonderful for me. Yeah. And so therefore I'm going to pretend like you are. Yeah. Um, and there's a multitude of reasons that you might be in that place. Mm-hmm. Um, but that really does, it, or it can come down to not being able to communicate like, hey, actually over here, or like, hey, this actually feels better. Or, can you do this? Or can, you know. Yeah. Or, oh, keep going with that. Or, oh, no. Yeah. Just stop with that. Yeah. Um, but it also might be something, you know, the other reasons that we talked about how it's hard to reach orgasm uh, for certain people. Like it might be one of those things and you just want it so bad for that person. You just kind of feel bad that you're not there. Um, And that again comes back to communication of like, Hey, I, I want to be there. So how can, you know, how can we get there? Yeah. Making that thing a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I think too, that element of communication kind of goes back to that, that, uh, um, that concept that we keep kind of tying in with some of these themes, which is being comfortable with your body, mm-hmm. understanding how it works, right? A lot of women um, don't realize that not getting stimulated with penetration is totally normal. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, there's plenty of women who I think end up kind of feeling guilty. Like, they 
having, you know, vaginal penetrating sex and not being able to reach orgasm from that. And they're like, oh gosh, something's wrong with me. Right. Right. Because I can't get there. Um, That's actually... Yeah, I would say the majority of women fall into that category where it is very difficult to get an orgasm with penetration in the vagina. I think the majority of women need the clitoral stimulation. For sure. And I think that that, again, is important because men are super happy with penetration and that being that. And they're like, okay, they are. Right? And so there needs to be that... (laughs) That discussion or that understanding of yeah. how each other's bodies work, yeah. right? Of recognizing how to get your partner to that place. Yeah. You know? So besides the emotional, mental, you know, like holistic connection that makes sex great, what are some other things that women can introduce into their practice that can help them make their sex lives better? Well, I mean, I think that there's... Quite a few. I think starting some of those emotional things are going to be super helpful. I know personally, um, I feel like vaginal steaming was a yeah uh, has like been a huge help. Um, right now, I'm like eight months postpartum, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a whole host of things that come along with being postpartum and breastfeeding and all of that as it relates to uh, hormones and uh, just libido in general. Right. Um, and vaginal steaming about 10 minutes, uh, before having sex actually has really increased like blood flow and like natural lubrication, which has therefore increased like a desire and pleasure of that good stuff too. And that was actually like a hint, you know, that was given to me from my midwife that I was like, Hey, can I ask you a question about this? Cause, and I'm a midwife myself too, right? It's It's, it's important to be able to talk with other women who right. know some things yeah. right? to be able Share to information. get yourself to that place. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So I'm also thinking like, um, lubrication. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially like external lubrication. Mm-hmm. I think when people think lubrication, they're thinking just for the vaginal canal to, you know, keep that mm-hmm. friction going. But I'm thinking like external lubrication too can sometimes make everything just a little bit more slippery and sensitive. For sure. Um, what else? I mean, I think taking time. Yeah. You know, like building up that anticipation. Um, I know like, you know, sending little like text messages or something like mm-hmm. nothing explicit or crazy even, but, but it could just, be, it could totally could be, Yeah. but just building the anticipation to the experience can be really great. Yeah. And even if you have to schedule it, right. Like actually the act of doing it and being engaged sexually will then increase your desire for future experiences because of that continuous blood flow to the area, your body actually will want to continue that. And so it's one of those, like, you know, in, uh, uh, one of the Steve Carell movies, right. Where he's like, if you, is it true? If you don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> and that's, I mean, it's not completely true, but in some ways, the more that you engage, the more that you actually want to engage. Yeah. So you can start from a place of like, I don't want to, but the more that you actually do, it really does kind of get you. I always think like, because especially after you have a baby, 
which mm-hmm. is one of my biggest examples. You have to start from scratch again. Yeah. Right. Usually you've got at least six weeks of postpartum time where mm-hmm. you're not having any kind of sexual activity for the most part for most women. And, um, you also just had a baby come through your vagina. Yeah. So you're just not looking just forward to that. And your boobs are all different right. sizes. But and, like, you, you kind of just got to go things. for it. And yeah. I think that's the case too. When you're in a, when you're in a valley, a yes. sex valley and sex everything, valley. you know, kind of goes up and down throughout your sexual experience, you know, as an adult, but in that, in that valley is like, you just got to just do it. Mm-hmm. Because how many times do you not really feel like having sex and then you get going a little bit and you're like, oh, actually, I'm into this. Totally. Most of the time. Yeah. Like, most of For the sure. time you're like, okay, I can actually get into this. Right. Where if you had talked yourself out of it five minutes ago. Right. You wouldn't have you done wouldn't, it. You wouldn't have been in that situation. Yeah, exactly. So I yeah. think you're right. Just kind of like just doing it. Just scheduling yeah. it or just planning it and just... Going yeah. through the motions, even if, even yeah. if you you know that it's not not all of the perfect pieces have come together to make it great for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important to recognize like your own boundaries and have those conversations with your partner. But at the same time, I think it's important to understand what your own uh, like ideal is for your own sexuality, like. How many times a week would I like to have an orgasm? Yeah. Right? Like, what what sounds good to me? How many times a week would I like to have sex? What What is, do I want every single time we have sex for it to end in me orgasming? You know, like, all of the things that you're just kind of thinking about that, you know, make a difference in your whole sexual relationship with your partner. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we definitely don't want, again, like we mentioned at the beginning, we don't want you to feel like guilty or anything like that. If it's, this is a, a struggle for you, um, cause you're definitely not alone in that. And there's lots of, uh, things that we kind of covered in terms of, um, you know, ways to encourage you back to pleasure. <laughs> um, but we would also love you to come to our, um, I'd also love you to come. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I guess we're still not there. Can you just I'm leave sorry, that there? I'm sorry. Um, we would love that for you. We're helpful for that for you. Um, but we'd love for you to come to the Facebook community that we have. If you search, uh, Facebook, like their groups, uh, wine and guide community, mm-hmm. it's a, definitely a safe place to come in to, uh, you know, post your thoughts or questions or what has helped or what you're struggling with. Um, and, uh, get some feedback from us, from other women, um, who are going through certainly the same things you are. Yeah. It's good to have just camaraderie so that we can, we can say to each other, yeah, no, my sex life isn't perfect. Mm -hmm. And it's another good thing to say, yeah, I've been in that valley before. Here's how I came out yes, of it. For sure. This is what worked for me. This is what I tried that was different than what I usually do. Yeah. Um, and for us to kind of share that wisdom because um, people who have orgasms on a regular basis actually have like healthier lives and like oh, for sure. longer life expectancy yeah. and like reduced stress yeah. and like there's yeah. lots of reasons to work on this for sure <laughs> absolutely and it is even despite any like taboo of talking about it or whatever like it is a very good gift yeah it's a wonderful beautiful thing and um we want that to flourish in 
your lives. Yeah. So um, we look forward to hearing from you in, either in the Facebook community or if you loved talking about orgasms today. Um, you can feel free to leave a review here too. We're just uh, getting started here. So we're excited to bring you some more information here soon. And um, yeah. Yeah. Next up, you guys, we're going to talk about um, pubic hair grooming. <laughs> Ooh. So stay tuned for that one. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you don't miss yes. it. And um, so many wonderful episodes planned after that. We'll see you guys soon. The sponsor of today's show is Whole Mother Co., a fun give back shop that includes you, the busy mama, in making an impact with your purchases. Your partnership raises money, promotes awareness, and supports the mother friendly causes you care about. Use code WINEANDGUIDE at WholeMotherCo.com to get $5 off your first order. Wow, Kelly, they made it all the way to the end. What did they win? Lady, you've won a priceless connection with your amazing body that you've been doing your fab life in. Our hope is we've gifted you with some information and perspective you can use. Sharing is caring, and our mission is to make these topics familiar to all women. We bet you can think of three people right now who will find this episode helpful. So be a pal and share it. Lastly, you won't want to miss a thing coming up in Wine and Guide, so subscribe to get all the tasty details directly to your ears. Have a great day, vagina experts!